Well, good morning. It is really, really great to have kids in the house this morning, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, thanks so much with uh, the beginning of school and the prayers and the blessings that have been said. That's so appropriate. And I just want to kind of add on to the morning with some thoughts from Galatians chapter 2. Uh, we've had some really good news that uh, Jesus isn't going to leave us, uh, that we're never far from his thoughts. But the reality, too, is that we continue to live in very uncertain times. Uh, the global pandemic is decreasing. That is great, but there's still this pause. Uh, we're not totally certain of not getting sick and uh, even worse than that, you know, the possibility of fatality. That, I mean, that's just an uncertainty that we're living with. And you combine that uncertainty with the other uncertainties of sending teachers and children back to school. There's just uncertainty layered over uncertainty. And if that wasn't enough, there is um, the possibility of unemployment, uh, global recession, there, there are these financial uncertainties for all of us. None of us is totally secure with our job or our savings. We're caught between the uncertainty of a bear market one day and a bull market the next day. And then the racial unrest still is with us. It adds to our uncertainty. Most of us are uncertain about how do we address a national sin and we're uncertain about the possibility of racial reconciliation once and for all when we can move out of the shadows of our past into a new day of respect, equality, and justice. And then, uncertainty layered on uncertainty. There's this uncertainty about what we're doing even right now. You know, we're a church holding services online with uncertainties of, is this working? Is our community hanging together in these uncertain times? We uh, are so much better in caring for one another when it's in person. We're uncertain about when we can regather. We're uncertain about what that regathering is even going to look like. So there's uncertainty. I don't think that's anything new. It's thickly layered over much of our lives. And the question really is, what can we do about it? Well, let me assure us that we are, we're not alone in our uncertainty. From what Mary Ann read today and Susan and Maddie read, uh, there, there is a history of people who have faith in God that have uncertainties. And God's always there to be turned to. So another person in our past is the Apostle Paul. And he wrote these words in Galatians 2. I wanted to be sure I was not running or had not been running my race in vain. In that statement, I wanted to make sure Paul is expressing an uncertainty. Matter of fact, for 14 years, wow, 14 years, that's longer than six months, 14 years after his dramatic encounter with the risen Jesus, Paul traveled all over Syria, southeastern Turkey, telling his story to others, inviting them to follow Jesus with him. 
His audience was primarily Gentiles, though he maintained contact with the Jewish community and the, the Gentile cities that he visited. And time to time, Paul would run into very zealous Jews who demanded that Paul change his approach to inviting Gentiles to follow Jesus. Their demand was for Gentiles to be circumcised, just as Jews, in order to enter into the covenant of Abraham as a prerequisite to following Jesus. In a sense, they're saying if they're not circumcised, they're not saved. As much as Paul was confident that their demand was incorrect, there was still an unsettled fear, an uncertainty about what he was doing in life and ministry. And he had to live with that uncertainty for 14 years. So what did he do? We've got to figure out what we're going to do living in uncertainty. Well, what did Paul do? What can we learn from him? So let me read you the, the story. Galatians 2, beginning in verse 1. After 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation. And meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preached among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running or had not been running my race in vain. Yet even with Titus, who was with me, he was not compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek, a Gentile. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on our freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. As for those who are held in high esteem, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they recognized that I'd been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the circumcised. For God, who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Cephas, and John, those esteemed as pillars of the church, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. So when faced with uncertainty, here's some things we can learn from Paul. First of all, we, we need a revelation. Uh, we know a God that talks with us. We have a relationship with a personal God. And when the times are uncertain and we're afraid, God is really great to give us words or pictures or songs or visions, or even his silent presence with us, sharing with us in a time of uncertainty. He wants to communicate his peace in the midst of our storms. He wants to disclose his love in personal ways that assure us that he's with us through our times of uncertainty. His communicating presence with us is the answer we need to face our fears. As long as God is near, we can endure. So seek Him. Schedule time with Him. 
pursue him until there's a disclosure just for you in your circumstances. Face uncertainty by responding to God's invitation to reveal himself to you. This morning I sat on our back porch in the dark watching the sunrise, had a moment with this presence of God communicating to me in the midst of our uncertainty, he is here, he is with us, he loves us. Also, when we face a time of uncertainty, as Paul did, we need to seek counsel from the leaders of the church. Paul needed James and Peter and John to hear his story. He needed leaders to listen to his concern. He needed leaders who were themselves living in uncertainty to recognize God's grace and activity through Paul and his companions. While Paul was conferring with these leaders, this opposition party showed up. The intent of the opposition was an attack against the freedom and the truth of the gospel of Jesus entrusted to Paul for the Gentiles. He needed the protection of the leaders of the church to identify and to resist that opposition. We, like Paul, cannot face uncertainty alone. Who has taken the responsibility for you to become a disciple of Jesus? Who is that person in your life who has taken responsibility for you to make you a follower of Jesus? Who is making you a disciple by their living, their teaching, their sacrifice, their prayers? As we face uncertainty, we need to seek the counsel of these disciple makers. Like with God, we, get, we need to schedule time. We need to share our story. And we, we need to let them recognize God's grace and activity in our living in spite of the uncertainty. When we face a time of uncertainty, we need to continue to share the good news of the kingdom and invite others to follow Jesus with us. As James, Peter, and John were entrusted with announcing the good news of the kingdom to the Jews, and Paul, Barnabas, and Titus were entrusted with announcing the good news of the kingdom to the Gentiles, so we are entrusted to announcing the good news of the kingdom to our generation. Announcing the good news of the kingdom does invite opposition. Just like James and Peter and John and Paul and Barnabas and Titus were infiltrated by spies pretending to be Christians whose ulterior motive was to reduce us to their brand of servitude, so we must identify and resist the opposition that shows up to lead us astray. Facing uncertainty and opposition at the same time is exhausting. It's not what we want to do. But if we fail to recognize this frustrating duo, we will in all likelihood give up on our assignment of announcing the good news of the kingdom and inviting others to follow Jesus with us. May the Holy Spirit give us discernment to recognize the opposition to the truth of the gospel and the strength to press through that opposition 
all along with our uncertainties. And then finally, all of those kind of make sense. You know, spend time with God, spend time with the disciple makers, keep on task, uh, announcing the good news of the kingdoms to the, to the neighbors and nations. But this, this last suggestion, like it jumped off the page as a surprise to me. When we face a time of uncertainty, remember the poor. I didn't read that last verse. It's Galatians 2.10. All the leaders of the church in Jerusalem asked of me was that we should remember the poor. The very thing, Paul says, I've been eager to do all along. In the same breath of encouraging Paul, Barnabas, and Titus to announce the good news of the kingdom to the Gentiles... James, Peter, and John are also encouraging Paul's team to remember the poor. Same breath. Announce the good news, remember the poor. It is both announce the kingdom and remember the poor. These two are one in the same in the gospel of the kingdom. These are not two different gospels. They're to be done together. The gospel is incomplete when one of these is ignored over the other. The poor, they're the poor. They're people dependent on others for support. The poor is a reference not only, quote, to the unfavorable circumstances of these people from an economic point of view, but also the thought is, that since they are oppressed and disillusioned, they're in special need of God's help. People in unfavorable circumstances from an economic point of view most times are also oppressed and disillusioned. Jesus taught us, Isaiah 61, the good news is preached to the poor. Now, in Paul's world... 88.5% of the population supported themselves at a minimal level of subsistence. The fishermen, the salt merchants. Along with the convicts, those were the poor of the Roman Empire. Interestingly, the Roman Empire had a financial crisis in 33 AD. That's really close to the year of Jesus' death and resurrection and not much more before where, where Paul is right now. So people back then, like us, were living in a time of financial insecurity when Paul is reminded to care for the poor. Now to remember the poor carries with it a connotation, a solicitude, meaning remember the poor with a more than average concern. Remember the poor with pronounced concern, to which Paul responds, the very thing I've been eager to do all along. Well, I have to ask myself and us, how eager are we in times of uncertainty to remember the poor of New Braunfels with a profound concern? One out of 11 residents in New Braunfels live in poverty. 
we have a poor population of about 6,572 people. Almost 10% of our city live in poverty. Of these citizens living in poverty in our city, 3.3% are Asian, 5.9% are white, 6.3% are black, 16.3% are Hispanic, and 19.7% are two or more races in a household. With a medium income of a household of three being $64,208, these families average income is 19985 These families are trying to survive on a third of the medium income of, of families in our city. So how do we announce? How do we announce the good news of the kingdom to the poor in our city? How do we eagerly remember the poor in our city with profound concern? Will we face our time of uncertainty by announcing the kingdom and remembering the poor? May I ask the Holy Spirit to do some ministry with us? Holy Spirit, come. We know you're present. You've been present even before we showed up. But we want you to do ministry with us. Holy Spirit, let the uncertainty of these days settle upon us so that we cannot deny or avoid what is weighing us down day by day. As that weight settles upon us, Holy Spirit, let us hear Jesus' invitation to come to him when we're weary and heavy laden. Jesus, give us rest. Holy Spirit, bring us a revelation so that we can face our uncertainties let us hear a word from our Father, from our Comforter, from our Master, our Lord. Personalized to us. Holy Spirit, remind us of the disciple makers in our lives, the ones that are sacrificing for us that we would be made into disciples. And let us seek them out for counsel and affirmation in the midst of of our uncertainty. Holy Spirit, empower us to continue to announce the good news of the kingdom to all our neighbors. And Holy Spirit, as we announce that good news, let us remember the poor. Make us eager, transform us to be eager to care for the poor with a more than average concern. Holy Spirit, thank you. Do this ministry in us. Do this ministry among us. And then do this ministry through us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
Amen. We're grateful for time together, and I want to invite those that have served this morning to come give a word of farewell. Then I have a few things uh, uh, to announce for our week, and uh, so I'll finish out our morning. Use your language. Oh, yes. Adios. Uh, good day. I don't know. I forgot. My French is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Au revoir. <laughs> All right. Yes, I agree. Uh, we continue to. Uh, look forward to the day that we regather. So we're watching the positivity rate in Comal County. Now, the good news is uh, the positivity rate both in Comal County and the state has dropped, but it's still in Comal County, the rate is 15.64%. And our state rate is 13.88%. And our public health officials have encouraged us to wait, wait until that rate gets down to 5% for a two-week period and then begin to regather. So we want to continue to love our neighbors by not gathering until we reach that benchmark. So my appeal is let's continue to be patient and pray like crazy <laughs> for the virus to run out of steam and for that positivity rate to drop. Look forward to the day that it's a zero. Now this week, uh, we will host RCV chats on Thursday night from 7 to 8. You will find a link on our River City Vineyard Facebook page for the Zoom meeting. On Wednesday night, we're not going to have RCV praise because Arlita Smith will be arriving in New Braunfels and we want to help unpack her moving van. So... We need help, and if you would contact me, if you're available to help, I can pass along when the truck will arrive and how we're going to do that, and we would greatly appreciate some help. 
Uh, we do want to thank everyone for continuing to contribute to River City Vineyard. Uh, we receive gifts online as well as by the mail, and we are grateful for uh, your generosity. May uh, returning to school go well this week. We will definitely be praying and thinking about each family as we go through the week. And for now, we say uh, farewell, that we love you, and are grateful for our time together.